Hello and welcome. You're listening to Song Stories, Quiet Stories. This is podcast episode number eight, Ghost Stories by Gary Payne. I am your host, Carolyn Merced. We interrupt our regular programming because it will soon be Halloween. It's nothing to be afraid of unless you've tried to move to a different location in order to retire and your respite lasts all of a couple of weeks. You may not have seen Gary Payne on stage here in Southern Utah for the past decade and a half. Practically every time I've attended or volunteered at a cultural event, Mr. Payne, the unsung hero of the local theater scene, has been there too, sometimes ushering or taking tickets, but most of the time he's served before the play even opens, building sets or gathering props. I've watched him herd large performing groups at important fundraisers too. Frightening? Absolutely. His fearless life focuses on God first, family second, and supporting the community he lives in third. At the young age of eight, Gary began collecting music and was a disc jockey for an ice arena, school and church dances, and private parties. Around music all of his life, he doesn't play an instrument or sing a note. Gary, you decide. This gentleman hikes, travels, serves others in his church congregation, enjoys photography and the theater. So why his fascination with ghosts? None other than the previous inhabitants of wherever and whatever the living now occupy? Shy and reserved and getting sick to his stomach at a young age if he had to be on stage, preferring behind the scenes to the spotlight, Gary now finds solace and strength putting pen to paper. Follow me now to the apple tree. Thanks for stopping by this tree. My name is Kathy Apple. At night, I'm part of this tree. The branches and trunk of the tree supply me with all I need for oxygen and nourishment. Jack was the caretaker of this orchard. Let me tell you how I know Jack. When Jack was born in April 1880, Jack's family planted me here along with 200 other apple trees. When Jack turned 20, his family turned the apple orchard over to him for its care. I must have been planted in the right spot. Good soil, sunshine, and water enabled me to grow into the most beautiful tree in the orchard, especially with the special care Jack gave me. I know that I was Jack's favorite tree, but Jack was unaware that there was more to this tree than providing apples. You see... During the daylight hours, I was able to separate from this tree and be a normal human just like you. But at sunset, each night, I returned to be a part of this tree. 
During the day, I was a school teacher in the little one-room schoolhouse that used to be just down the street. One day, Jack started showing up during the lunch hour and saying he wanted to discuss the latest book he was reading and asking for my advice as to other books that might interest him. Then he started to ask me every afternoon to sit under his favorite tree in his orchard, have lunch, and discuss the latest book he was reading. We discussed everything that was going on in town and about the outside world we did not know. It was 1902, and Jack proposed to me in this very spot. I told him I loved him very much, but we could only be married if he agreed to one condition. He would not see me from sunset to sunrise. I could not explain why or where I went. He just had to trust me, and he showed his love by agreeing to those conditions. Our lives involved the last and first in town. I taught the last class in the old one-room schoolhouse, and we were the first married in the just-built chapel. A year later, our first child was born, and we named her Pippin, for she was the apple of her father's eyes. Jack dearly loved that little girl. When she was six months old, he wanted to do something very special for her. Jack was a great carpenter, and he decided he wanted to make a cradle for her. The cradle was to be a surprise to the both of us. Jack wanted to make the cradle out of the best wood he could find. So one night, after sunset, after I did my disappearing act, Jack ventured into the orchard with saw in hand and came straight to this tree. He looked lovingly at this tree for a moment, and I was wondering what he was up to. He started to cut my left branch, and then the right branch. I started to moan in such agony as each part of my body was cut out of the tree. Jack thought the sounds he heard were the stiff breeze that was blowing through the orchard. He took the wood back to the house, and before sunrise, had the cradle finished. He placed Pippin in the cradle and was awaiting my return. You all know I could never return. Jack and the town searched everywhere for me. I was never found. Each night Jack put Pippin in that cradle and at sunset the cradle would start to rock and he would hear that same sound he heard that night in the orchard. At sunrise, he would find my tears of apple seeds around the base of the cradle. Jack was so sad that he went and cut down most of the apple orchard. And that is why you do not see any more apple orchards in town. You can stop by any time at the John and Annie Gubler home and visit me. I'm the cradle in the second room. Listen now to The Golden Shovel. There was once an evil priest who did not fear God or man. His duties for the church included counting the offerings and ringing the bells to summon people to Mass. 
But his heart was filled with greed, and he began to take advantage of the good people of his parish. The priest stole money out of the offerings to keep for himself, and when he had filled a chest full of gold, he killed a man and buried him with the chest so the murdered man's ghost would guard it. Anyone who tried to dig for the treasure would be devoured by the skeleton of the murdered man. Please do not try to dig for the treasure. You see, when I was alive, I was known as Rafaela Ramona Lopez. This happened to me in the year 1894. The evil priest planned to return to Spain with his ill-gotten treasure, but he fell ill with a fever a week before his ship was scheduled to leave. On his deathbed, the priest repented of his crime. He swore to his confessor that his soul would not rest until he returned the gold to God. The priest died before he could reveal the place where the treasure was buried. As he gasped out his last breath, he said, Follow the bells. They will lead you to the treasure. The padre who attended the dying priest did not heed his words. But I was working in the hallway at the time of the evil priest's death and was struck by the notion of buried treasure. You see, I was very poor and wanted a better life for myself and my family, so I was determined to take the treasure for myself. Each night for a week, I took my husband's shovel and dug in these monastery gardens, searching for the priest's treasure. I found nothing. One night, I was awakened from my dreams by the sound of the parish bells ringing out loudly in the darkness. I jumped to my feet, fearing some emergency, and then realized that my husband and children had not stirred in their beds. Remembering the evil priest's last words, I felt sure that the mysterious ringing of the bells was for my ears alone and they would lead me to the treasure. Taking my shovel, I followed the sound of the church bells into the monastery grounds. Two trees guarded the spot, and it was beside these trees that the glowing, ghostly church bells hovered. Taking my shovel, I dug a deep hole among the roots of the trees. After several moments, my shovel hit something hard. Eagerly, I swept the dirt away from the object and found a small chest. I hauled it out of the ditch with trembling hands, placed it on a rock, and broke the lock with the edge of the shovel. I opened it to piles of yellow gold. I gathered up a handful of coins, reveling in the weight of so much money. The coins were cool to the touch, and I felt the smoothness of the metal as I rubbed the coins between my fingers. And that was when I heard the moaning. Looking up, I saw the skeleton of the murdered man whom the evil priest had buried with the treasure. It was rising out of the pit under the trees. I saw it glowing with blue flames. I heard him screaming, Mine! Mine! I screamed in terror and jumped away from the box of treasure, dropping the coins that I held in my hands. I ran down the hill as fast as I could go, 
with a skeleton in hot pursuit. I kept running long after the sounds of pursuit ceased, and I did not stop until I reached my home. It was only then that I realized I had left the shovel back with the buried treasure at the bottom of the trees. It was an expensive shovel, and I could not afford to lose it. Waiting until daylight, I went reluctantly back into the monastery grounds to retrieve it. I'm sure I found the same two trees where I was the night before. But there was no sign of the skeleton, the chest of money, or the hole I had dug the night before. My shovel was at the top of the bell tower nearly 30 feet above my head. The skeleton must have placed it there after it chased me. I decided there was no way I could retrieve it. Turning sadly away, my eye caught a gleam in the bushes near the rock where I had placed the treasure chest the night before. Carefully, keeping my eye on the place where the skeleton lay buried, I felt around the rock until my hand closed on two gold coins that the ghost had missed. I put the coins in my pocket and hurried from the monastery grounds. When I got home, I put the coins into a sack and hid it under the floorboard for safekeeping. I never went back to the monastery grounds to retrieve the evil priest buried treasure, though sometimes I'm still awakened by the mysterious sound of the bells. I knew it would take someone more pious than me to banish the ghost of the murdered man and reclaim the money for God. I did use the gold coins to buy a new shovel for my husband and some clothes for my family. Perhaps you might seek the treasure for yourself now that you know where to look. Good hunting. You've just listened, and perhaps shivered, to Song Stories, Quiet Stories, Episode 8, Ghost Stories, by Gary Payne. Come back next time for the first bonus episode of the new musical, Tales of Tila. Before you do, answer these questions. What things have you borrowed that you couldn't return? What kind of treasures do you search for? You haven't found any yet? Look in front of you. You might be surprised to find something wonderful that's been there all along. Grandma Tila will join me soon and tell of more mischief she accomplished as a child and as an adult. Are you surprised? Subscribe to this podcast at my website, mycarolynmerset.com, or at iTunes or Google Play so you don't miss a thing. Check out my events and my store pages and keep those earbuds in your pocket more often. Go and talk to someone in person, face-to-face. Volunteer for a worthy cause and tell Gary Payne hello for me. Find his name in the playbill or program for whatever local theatrical or musical production or fundraising you're attending. This is your host, Carolyn Merced.